You're listening to the End Sunday Show. Leaving behind religious obligation to find a more authentic expression of Christ in us, this is the End Sunday Show. Hey, this is the Unsunday Show, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in again on this episode with uh, Mike and Mac, and I am Mike. And I'm Mac. And we are not in the same room. We are both distancing, uh, what do they call it, social distancing or social separation or whatever it is. I think it's Yeah, a, physical, yeah, I guess physical separation. I think it's a polite way of saying, get off my lawn. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. You well, know, social distancing is what they call it, but it's uh, actually we're just physically staying away from each other. That's right. We can't stand each other. So we're. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, I got. Uh, we're about three miles away from each other. That's about how far apart we live. So three or yeah. four miles, something like that. And and so Greg is uh, on the other end of the uh, Zoom conference call here, and. We thought we'd talk about some stuff, and you had sent me that thing yesterday about Luke 10 with the— uh, Yeah, Luke 10. Yeah, with the Good Samaritan thing. You want to talk a little bit about that and kind of introduce that, and then maybe we talk about it? Well, sure. Yeah. I actually got to come around and talk about world events, too, but let's talk about that because that actually kind of leads to the world events, really, in a lot of ways. But the question was—somebody was asking about the Good Samaritan story— and was wondering how come the person who was helped by the Good Samaritan never responded or was thankful. And uh, that's an interesting question. I, I, uh, with this uh, social distancing or physically not being in the same room to talk or have a conversation with anybody, you lose maybe what a person is really seeking to try to understand. To me, that's an interesting question because there was no guy there. The Good Samaritan was a fictitious person. Right. Jesus made up the story. That's not to say that the truth of the story isn't valid because it definitely is. But he was really trying to reveal to the Jewish law scholar who had asked, how do I inherit eternal life? Right. And, you know, he mentioned the commandment, loving God and loving others. And Jesus really just exposed to him where he was at by telling the story of the Good Samaritan, because I'm sure if he was a good Jew guy, a good Jewish person, <laughs> he, sorry about that, uh, he hated Good Samaritans. So the story of the Good Samaritan really would probably reveal right off the good bat that his attitude toward those people, and he was the good guy who reached out to somebody in trouble and helped them back. So the question I thought kind of missed the point of the story, and that's just exposing the heart um, because the Jewish scholar didn't understand what the law really represented. That's true. He didn't. And the law wasn't meant to make anybody holy and actually achieve life. Yeah, it's like we talked last time. It's, you know, the law yep. holds out a false promise. It can't Absolutely. deliver. It can't deliver on what it promises. Yeah, because there's something wrong with us. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> the law relies on us to pull it off. 
and there's something wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just actually the law's purpose is just to shine a light to tell us that we don't have that life in us. True. We're devoid of it. True. We're, that we're was, a lot worse off than we think. That was the whole purpose of the Sermon on the Mount, don't you think? It, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't a uh, a betterment plan, you know, a moral improvement plan. It was mm-hmm. a message that Jesus spoke that was designed to show us how incapable we are on our own. Yeah, and even it yeah, how about if you are driving down the road and you honk a horn and give the guy give him a one-hand salute <laughs> or one-finger salute, <laughs> what does that reveal about you? And that's what Jesus was saying. If you have that kind of attitude toward a brother, in other words, you hate him because he cut you off, that's just showing you your condition. Just to have that thought breaks the law, the spirit of the law. The spirit of law was perfection, perfect love, that's which right. none of us had. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Yeah, nobody's going to be doing that. That's the Sermon on the Mount. And that's, and that, yeah. And that's what the guy, that's what Jesus, the Good Samaritan story is talking about. Because like you said, Mike, the Good Samaritan actually was, is Jesus. Yeah, I think so. You know, let me, let me lay that on you. Let me, because we didn't really talk about that last night. You know, I, I don't like to do a lot of typing and, you know, text volleys and that kind of stuff. I was waiting for today to really kind of, you know, verbalize that face, almost face to face here and, and, and talk about uh-huh. that. But let me lay another layer on that for you, on that, on that okay. whole thing in Luke 10, what, you know, kind of my take is on it. I do think that in that story that there's a sense in which the Good Samaritan represents Jesus and that you and I, as helpless sinners, are the ones in the ditch. You know, you think about this. Here's this guy who's, you know, he's a lawyer or, what you know, whatever he was, some religious dude, you know, some expert in the law, you know, something, wanted wanting to just have Jesus reaffirm him and say, you know, he asked the question, you know, who's, who's my neighbor, you know? And, and of course the law says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's this standard that this guy was under as an old covenant Jew. He was obligated to love his neighbor as, as himself. And, you know, Jesus answer was, you know, if you do this, it, it's good. <laughs> do this and live. The problem <laughs> is none of us can do that. And so none of us is going to live, you know, according to the law. Well, you know, you think about it because in Jesus' story, he mentions the old covenant twice. He says that a priest walked by. So, you know, in the old covenant economy, a priest was a, was a mediator between men and people and God. He's the one who mediated. You know, he's the one who did the sacrifices. He's the one who, you know, ministered in the temple and was a representative between God and, and people. Well, so you've got this priest but then he kicks it up a notch in the story, and he says, not only did a priest walk by, walk by and ignore this guy who was in the gutter, but a Levite also walked by. And so you got Jesus kicking this story up a notch. So you've got, like, Old Covenant on steroids here. You've got a, a priest in the Old Covenant who is ineffective. You've got a high priest in the Old Covenant who is ineffective. Neither one of them can rescue someone who's in trouble. Not really. You can't rescue them. And then, you know, the Samaritan is introduced. Now you think about this. The Samaritan was despised and rejected by the Jews. You know, they were that kind of the half-breeds. They were half-Jew, half-Gentile kind of a thing, you know, and and there there was opposition there. You remember Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well in John 4, 
And she was surprised that Jesus was talking to her. In fact, she even said that, you know, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. Well, it's because the Jews and the Samaritans didn't have anything to talk about. They, you know, they were enemies. Well, Jesus loved this woman who was a, a Samaritan, you know. And so in this story in Luke 10 of the Good Samaritan, you've got the Samaritan who is despised and rejected. We think about Isaiah 53, where Jesus is prophesied ahead of time to be despised. Is it Isaiah 53 or is it Psalm 22? It's, it's one of those, where Jesus is despised and rejected. You know, you think about John chapter 1. He came to his own people and his own people rejected him. And so here's Jesus who's despised and rejected. Coming into this story and rescuing this person, in other words, he's doing what the law couldn't do. And you think about you think about the letter to the Romans, you know, God did what the law couldn't do because the law was weak and useless because it relied upon the flesh. It relied upon us to do it. And so what the law couldn't do, Paul told the Romans, God did by sending his son. And so when I look yeah. at when I look at this story of the Good Samaritan, that's kind of what I see. At least that's one layer that I see. I think there's other layers in there that can be fleshed out. But I see that layer that you and I are laying in the ditch. And for the old covenant Jew who's listening to that, that old covenant can't rescue that person. The law can't rescue that person. And so here comes someone who's despised and rejected and did what the law couldn't do because he loved the person in the ditch and rescued him. And healed him. And, you know, you you talked about, when you started this, you know, you talked about somebody had the question about why wasn't this guy thankful? Well, think about this a second. When Jesus healed, you know, there were, there were, what was it, 10 lepers? Is that what he healed? And only one came back? Yeah, and only one of them came back. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus pouring out grace or Jesus being gracious to someone isn't dependent on my response to it. It, He's just going to be gracious. He's just going to be kind. And only one of those, you know, lepers or whatever it was, came back and said, thank you. Of course, Jesus yes. said, where are the other nine? But he didn't take back the healing. He didn't say, okay, yes. you're, you're unhealed. This is the God. Yes. This is the God that we know, Greg. This is the God that's in us. Is that his, He's very extravagant. His, his mercy and his grace and his love isn't dependent upon my response or my perfect response or anything like that. He loves me because he loves me. Amen. And he's no gonna, strings attached. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to yeah. do what he's going to do because he loves me, not because he anticipates my good response to it. You know, of mm-hmm. course, that's, you know, that's icing on the cake. It's coconut cake, but it's icing on the yeah. cake, you know, that, hey, <laughs> you know, if I do that. But you think about it, you know, God saving us wasn't dependent upon our level of gratitude for him saving us. Absolutely. He just did it. And so when I think yeah, about the story amen. of the Good Samaritan, which I agree with you, it's just a story. When I think of the story of the Good Samaritan, that's the layer that I see in there is that here's this law system that they were under at the time that couldn't rescue people. It was self-righteous. It was looking down your nose at someone who's in the ditch and having a bad day. It was walking on by. It was crossing the street and, you know, let's get out of here. Let's keep going. Let's get on our way. We don't have time for this. Until that despised one comes along and does what the law couldn't do. We just see the mercy of Jesus. We see him at work regardless of of us (laughs) 
irrespective of us, yeah. you know. And, and yeah, his 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 love is without strings. True. I, I know. I think about that all the time. I that I relate to Jesus based on my experience in the world, and Jesus is not like that. I'm always thinking. All right, so what's you know? There's something Jesus is expecting from me. If he's going to do this for me, he has an expectation. I got to do something for him. Yeah, you got to pay him back. I got to pay him back, and I I think about that in my relationship with him. Oftentimes, you know, I respond that way, and as I grow in my relationship with him, I'm fast learning that's not part of the gig, and it changes me, right, in ways that are are surprising to me. But I just find as I change in understanding God's Jesus' love for me. It does change in how I've, I'm around others. I don't have an expectation to, to perfectly um, treat me right. I, I mean, you know, I, I give them a way more room to operate and not have such an expectation that they don't take advantage of me. Yeah, because – or Go ahead. No, I just – no, they don't take advantage of me. You know, I'm just – I'm going to love them. But I don't need to have something in return. That's because everything you need, Greg, you have in Jesus. Yeah. You know, when it comes right down to it, I don't need someone's approval. Everything I need, I already have. Let me tell you a story real quick. Several yeah. years ago. Uh, and I so, want to talk about that. Yeah, just to, I want to talk about that freedom, about, about that love. But keep going. Okay. Susan and I had an opportunity to go to Maui. And so we, yes. went, we went to Maui. And there's this volcano in the middle of the island on Maui. Real high volcano. and Yeah, they're right. Yeah. I think I've been there. And you can you can take this truck, you know, the, you can take this uh, truck up there. It's got full of bicycles. And you go up to the top, and then they unload the truck, and you ride down uh, the volcano on a bike. And it's like a, yes. it's like a half a day thing or, you know, two-thirds of a day. It's a long day. And it's freezing cold up there. But... You know, we got up there, we unloaded the bikes, and we started down the uh, thing, and you stopped partway down for lunch or brunch or whatever it was. And so we're eating lunch, right? And there's probably, I don't know, 25, 30 of us in this group. And we stopped for lunch, and we eat lunch, and we're getting back on the bikes, and I can't find my sunglasses. I had my sunglasses, and I couldn't find them. And I'm looking around frantically for them. Everyone else is on their bikes ready to go. And finally, the guy who was leading the thing comes over to me and he goes, what are you looking for? And I said, I'm looking for my sunglasses. I can't find them. And he looks me right in the eye, Greg, and he goes, you're wearing them. <laughs> I had them on. No wonder I couldn't find them. They're on my face. I was wearing them. Oh. What I was looking for, what I was so desperately searching for, and what I thought I needed, I already had. And that's how it is with Jesus. We have everything that we need. Amen. So anyway, a little story there. So go ahead with what you were going to say. Yeah. Oh, that's true. What you said is huge. We have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. Yes. That we have in Christ. That's such a good point. I want to camp on that part and not get distracted by feeling like I don't have it. And I think a lot of what I've seen oftentimes, especially in Christianity, I think it's a very much misunderstood. No, you have it. Now you're learning how to discover and tap into it. That's right. Now it's, now it's believing you have it. 
Yeah. And as that change and it changes you, that's being in a relationship with people. If you're looking for life to come from another person, you're looking for validation or if you do something good for somebody or you're looking, you've got some expectation of something coming back from them. All again, that's not what freedom looks like. Freedom to not be under that obligation in a sense of getting something back. Right. When getting you something already back. have it. Yeah. So I, I think I've been the thing I've seen change in me, Jesus, me, I expect people to be perfect. Right. And it's it's okay. Yep. Jesus loves me. I have everything I'd ever need. Somebody steal from me, somebody, you know, things happen or take advantage of me. Well, it's gonna happen. Yep, exactly. And but I don't I don't feel like anymore that it threatens my life because it can't. My life's in Christ. It's untouchable. You can't threaten that. Yeah. There's no way to threaten that in any way. Yeah. I'm free from the effects of the world. I'm free from the effects of sin. Do you know that? I know. I'm free from the effects of sin. And isn't that... That's a huge deal. And you think about with the climate out there today, with the the coronavirus, just the implications of that and of that alone. Yeah. That we're never going to lose everything that we have in Jesus. It's untouchable. Yes. We're untouchable. Yes. Yes. It's like that the old TV series, The Untouchables. <laughs> yeah. We're, we are free from the effects of sin. Yeah. The Untouchables. Did you watch that show? Uh, I watched the old television series. Yeah. I, th- I think there's been a yeah. movie or two made about it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what you were referring Elliot to? Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness. You know, wasn't that <laughs> Elliot Ness and The Untouchables, you know, way back in the, anyway, I'm dating myself. Yeah, it's kind of like you're kind of like Superman. In the, so when they shoot in the bullets, it bounces off your chest. Right. Well, let's come back around to something you said, oh, and, and, and make sure that uh, you know that I want to make sure I'm clear on this. When you say that we're we're untouchable by the effects of sin, what do you mean? Well, I'm talking about the effects of those around us in a sense that it's going to cut us off from our relationship with him. Oh yeah. Okay. There's nothing in this world that's going to cut us off from that. You know, there can be consequences in this life to sin and sin, you know, sin damages things and, but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't touch our relationship with him. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. It's not going to, t- it's not going to, which is what, which is the most important part is my relationship with him. Right. You know, if somebody runs a red light and I get hit, in my car, there's going to be some consequences. Yeah, exactly. Financially and physically, and you know, I could even die, and and I pay a price for that. And there is that part of it of, of living, right? But what's most important, the the key in in this world, and that one day the Lord's going to fix the whole physical realm as well. But right now, the most important is the spiritual aspect. That's right. Jesus fixed. Most important part is my relationship with him. That's right. Christ lives in me. I have everything. I, I have all the, the peace, all the love, all the joy, all the long-suffering, self-control that I'll ever need. It's all yours in him. Those, those are rich. Those are the real riches to have an endless supply of that. I can never run out of that. That's and, right. It's, a, it's bottomless. It's inexhaustible. Yes. And it's already yours. Yeah. It's already mm-hmm. mine. Yep. It's the life of God in us so, that produces that. Yeah. I mean, I might get the coronavirus. 
Yeah. And, and suffer big time from that. But that doesn't mean Jesus isn't going to be there for me in that environment. Well, he'll be there and he'll be the supply for me in that environment. That's right. And he'll supply me. He doesn't mean I necessarily get healed. Right, exactly. But you've got, you've got him as an anchor for your soul. Amen. You know, that hope. The hope of Christ yeah. in us. You know, that's, that's an anchor for our soul. Yeah. So that good Samaritan lives in me now. <laughs> so because he lives in me, he is totally capable of producing that in me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So me and the good and he Samaritan does, he are does produce, one. He, yeah, you're tight. He, he does yeah, produce tight, that man. in you, you know? He absolutely does yes. produce that in you. So I'm not taking a, I'm not living by some principle. I'm not going to hold up the, the good, the Samaritan, and now hold that up as some type of uh, model for me to practice. Right. So that I might produce that life. No, I actually have that life. That's right. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about, I already have it. Now it's learning how to tap into it. Isn't that part of the purpose of that story? Is that, okay, this, this guy who was obligated to love his neighbor, you know, as himself, Jesus loved his neighbor for him. It gets back to Jesus as our substitute. Jesus did it yes. for me. He did it perfectly for yeah. me. My old record in Adam is gone. Yes. And now I've got this new record that's Jesus' record, you know, where yeah. he did everything perfect. He did everything for me. He fulfilled it all. And I get it. I'm a recipient yes. of that. That's part of the deal, I think, in that story is what the law was weak and useless to do, unable to do, powerless to do, God did by sending his son. And Jesus is my substitute in everything. He's, he's done it perfectly, and his, his record becomes my record, and my old record in Adam is gone. Yes. It's obliterated. You know, current, these current times, with everything going on, the type of business I am, I work with small businesses, and I'm seeing, I had a customer today just informed why they were shutting down their account because they were closing their doors. Yeah. And another customer described several locations in there. They've laid off all their employees. They tried to do a semi drive up or a walk up business and that actually failed. They couldn't have enough business. So they keeping their doors open, actually they're losing money. See, so I'm taking all this in, I'm seeing all this happening and it affects me and it's okay that it affects me. Jesus is disappointed in the fact that I'm worried about this. I'm going, you know, I, I, it affects me. I'm human. It's, It's Jesus was human. Yes. He he put on a earth suit. He walked around. He was a man just like us, you know? <laughs> he knows what it's like to, to to feel pressure. Oh yeah. He felt pressure I'll never feel. I can't imagine the pressure I know that was coming down to him in the garden. That's 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 pressure. But he knows what it's like to be human. He knows how I'm affected by what's happening around me. And I don't need to be disappointed in myself because I'm human. It's not, it's not, uh, Jesus loves his creation. Mm -hmm. He did a really good job, especially with me. No, I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying you're being affected by this. So I'm learning Jesus is my life. Now I had, I made some decisions. I got a 401k. Imagine a lot of people do. And I'm seeing it dwindle. So I'm close to a lot of financial information. So I see things coming through and I say, I'm going to make some decisions. 
Well, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I got to make the right decision, right? Got to make the right decision. I'm going to move some things around. In one sense, it is revealing to me what I hold dear sometimes and what I think life comes from. And this is the freedom that we have in Christ. I'm going to make a decision based on input. And Jesus understands all that. You know, I'm going to try to make a good decision based on information I'm seeing coming in. And it, it's important. You know, right. Jesus is not saying that we go around and not use our intellect to make the best wise decision we have. But there's a point in time that I have experienced where I take that decision and I make it more than what it is. And that's okay. But I got God's life in me speaking to me about it. Greg, it's okay if you make a bad decision. Right. And your bad decision leads, you know, leads to maybe financially you're not going to be <laughs> as good off <laughs> as you thought you were, you know, because life really isn't tied to that. Life is tied to the eternal life. That's what real life is. The other thing is you know, you're trying to survive in a world, the best decisions that you can. But even if I make a bad decision about some finances, right. I'm not going to lose my life. I can't. You know, and that's, that's part of being real. It's, it's part of being human, you know, is yeah, to it's... express, be able to express yourself like that. You know, Susan and I recorded a podcast this morning for the Grace Cafe. We hadn't podcasted in a while, but we recorded one this morning. And part of what we talked about was this very thing, you know, with the coronavirus out there and everything that's going on. We turned on this podcast real quick, and then we turned it right back off. <laughs> I won't I won't say what it was. But we pushed play on this podcast and we thought, let's let's see what these people have to say. And they started out with uh how should here's how a Christian should respond to the coronavirus. And then they started to go off on some tangent. You know, you gotta do this and this. And so Susan got up and walked out of the room. I shut the thing off. And I thought, you know, I am done with cookie cutter Christianity. We're not all the same. This guy is saying we need to all respond like this. In other words, we need to all respond the way I think we need to respond. And he's not leaving any room for individuality within the body of Christ. He's not leaving any room for us as individuals. He was everything's black and white. You know, this is how you need to respond. And and we shut that off and thought that's just that's nonsense. You know, I, yes. we're not doing that anymore. And so we talked about how it's okay to have fears. It's okay yeah. to express your fears, to talk to Jesus about it, to bring them to him, to talk to friends about it. It's okay. You don't have to respond this way or this way or this way. You just get to be who you are and take, off, take off the mask and just be real because the real you is the you Jesus died for. You know, and he, he knows you. He loves you. He loves the real you. And so let's quit pretending. Let's quit being... Let's quit this religious version of who we are and just start being oh, real. Yes. And, and if I yeah. if I have fears, let me express those fears. You know. Amen. Yeah. I mean, you think about the disciples, you know, when you know, when Jesus died, he was in the grave for three days. That had to have been a long three days, right? For those guys. They thought, man, yes. everything that we had worked so hard for, we believed in, it's all over. Just like that, Oof. it's all over. And you talk about a long three days. They didn't know it was going to just be three days. They didn't mm -hmm. catch that. They didn't understand that. They didn't know. They thought, okay, this yes. is it. This is it. We're done. You know, now what? Let's go fishing. 
And I heard a, a video on Facebook with somebody who mentioned this and, and brought up the fact that Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, never got a chance to talk to Jesus about it. He thought it was over. He thought it was kaput. He thought it was done. Of course, then three days later, Jesus, you know, raises from the dead. And what does he do? He grabs Peter and he says, Peter, let's go cook some fish on the beach. Come over here and eat. And so Jesus cooked, Jesus cooked him breakfast. He didn't judge him. He didn't condemn him for denying him. He didn't, he didn't judge him for not having the faith to understand what was going on. He loved him. He said, Peter, come wow. and eat. Come and eat. And so, you know, in this Amen. environment that we find ourselves in today, it isn't a matter of conforming to what somebody thinks you need to be doing in response to it. It's be you. It's be yeah. who you are. And if you have fears, if you have concerns, and who doesn't? None of us has been through anything like this before. None of us. And yes. so it's the first time for all of us. And so bring those insecurities, bring those fears, you know, bring those worries to Jesus and talk to him about it because he can handle it. He, he yep. wants to hear from you and he can yep. handle it. And it's, there's no cookie cutter. There's no one size fits all in this, but there is you being who you are because that's the you Jesus died for. And so Amen. what, what better way to express that than right now with, you know, so much uncertainty and what's going on to be able to say, man, I, you know, I've got some concerns and here they are. Yeah. And, and talk to him about it. Amen. You know, what we miss out on, and this is a part that, and uh, I hope we're not going too long, but this is, I think so important. It's so important to know that Jesus loves you and he loves who you are as a person and the heart he made in you and you become one and Jesus wants you to discover your, you, who you are and trusting your heart. Because when you receive Christ, you receive a new heart, you're a new person, and you learn to live and discover the you and him together. And I think it's very important to discover your, it, it, to trust your heart. Now, when I'm going through this environment and I'm trying to make decisions, you know, this, you know, I was looking at financial things, trying to make a decision. You know, I'm, I'm reaching out to the Lord, Lord, what I do, you know, pretty much as I was talking to the Lord about, I was most of the time hearing crickets. <laughs> I wasn't hearing him. He wasn't saying, you know, I was like, what should I do? Should I sell this, do this, move it over here? You know, I wasn't hearing a whole lot. But I tell you now, even as I'm talking to you, I really believe what I heard from Jesus Trust your heart, Greg. Trust your decisions. You, you know, you got some information here. Make it, you know, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. I, you know, you're not going to make a wrong decision in me. And through it, we're going to learn together. We're going to walk together through that. But I'm learning to trust in the Christ in me. I, I hope that makes sense. I, you know, trust what you enjoy. And uh, that's why I talk about, I love coconut cake or I like the color green, or Jesus and me, we love green, man. We love coconut cake. That's why I talk about, you know, that there is a certain element of who I am that God made me that he's in love with. Yes. And trusting a heart and my taste. It, you know, it's not about, you get to grow into who you are as a person in Christ. I, I, it's, I have a hard find finding the words for that, but 
If you're a person, let's say you're a young person and you're 18, you're trying to decide what you want to be when you go to college. You decide, trying to decide what it is that you would like to, what career you want to pursue. pursue. And I don't know, maybe you love sports and you think it'd be great to be a sportscaster. I don't know. Maybe you love the weather. I know, I know. You love weather. Love the weather, everything about the weather. You would like to be a weatherman. And I see this happen a lot of times. People, young people, they come to Jesus, they get really excited. And this person had this bent toward a weatherman. But they come to Christ and they think that really, if I was really sold out for God, I'm going to be a missionary. Yeah, there you go. And that's what they're going to do now. And they totally chuck that, you know, weather desire, that, that you know, something that they just really love. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And in Christ, you can really celebrate that gift you have in him. That's right. If you love weather and want to be a weatherman, be a weatherman for Jesus. That's right. That'd be great. He put that we desire there. people like that. Yeah, I quite honestly, I think the if, if somebody wants to be a, a missionary, I'm going to say be a school teacher. You want to be, there you go. You want to express Christ in a most effective way. Be a teacher. Teacher is one of the most godly things I think. Yeah, we could use a few <laughs> less pastors and a few <laughs> less missionaries, and a lot more teachers in public school that walk with Jesus. Ah, oh, there you go, man. Boom. We could use a lot less pastors. And a lot less missionaries. Forget about that. Be a teacher for Jesus. That's right. Uh, we should Celebrate wrap it up, great. man. You're, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's okay. No, I you're on a roll. Way. We're just, uh, yeah, we're getting up there a little bit. And I don't want these to go. Yeah, we can just keep doing these forever. But hey, I really enjoy this. And uh, so I, yeah. I got I to keep an eye on the, on the clock, though, you know, for the sake yeah, of those yeah. listening. Let's do it. Hey, I just want to say in closing, uh, I got off Facebook. I am de-social mediaized. I'm still on Instagram. I probably always will be. But I dumped my face yes. my Facebook account. Susan and I talked about it in the podcast uh, today that we did for the Grace Cafe that'll be dropping before this one comes out. But um, okay, yeah, we talked about that a little bit in there. You know, I just got tired of all the noise. I got tired of you know in your face all the noise and all you know. I I want to find that quiet and peaceful life that Paul talked about, and I can't do that on Facebook. So. It isn't my personality, and so I just want to let people know I got off Facebook, and so that Unsunday show page on Facebook is no longer there. And, you know, I made that that break. But we are still here. We're still podcasting. Still have the web, website at unsunday.com, and we still have our YouTube site, which is up and going, which when this virus thing's behind us enough, Greg, I still want to get together with you, and let's do a promo video for that. Let's do a channel video for our Unsunday show on YouTube. Absolutely. If you haven't Let's been to that Unsunday show on YouTube, go check it out. You know, just go to YouTube and search Unsunday show and it'll come right up. And all of our episodes are there. You know, they're all in audio. There's nothing in video there yet, but I'd like to start doing a few, a few of those, you know. So when this virus thing's behind us and we're able to get back in the same room, maybe we look at that. But anyway, I just yeah. wanted, wanted well, I'm you sure to know. I'm sure that I got to see your face today. I tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to bear. <laughs> it's, your, it's, your, it's your cross to bear. <laughs> well, I like the Zoom face. Yeah, so I'm glad this worked out, you know. And yeah, Lord, this is Lord fun. willing, we'll be back uh, in the same room here before long. But I think in the meantime, you know, Susan and I want to do this with you and Kim some evening. You know, okay, kind of have a uh, little Zoom party, happy hour. Yeah. Well, those those women they got they got a little extra spirit than we do. Yeah. Jesus gave him a little more portion. That's right. That's right. So, Greg, I'll let you they go. Got double man. Jesus. That's right. Okay. 
And uh, we're at unsunday.com. There's a contact form there. Fill it out. Send it in. And we'll respond. You want to say anything before we close here? Uh, Bye, I guess. (laughs) Enjoy Jesus. That's right. Remember. Stay safe, people, and I hope you're doing well. Yeah. We'll talk again soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Unsunday Show. To be a part of this ongoing conversation, visit us online at unsunday.com. Thank you.